Hey friends, welcome back to the Nation's Weekly Podcast for the second of four special introductory conversations exploring the origin story and the values of nations. This week's podcast is called Origin Story Part 2, a film, a podcast, and a new direction. In this week's conversation, you'll join us to hear some of the backstory about how we followed the breadcrumbs to make our first feature-length documentary film, Iraq Forgotten Hope, how we launched the podcast idea in the first place, and you'll hear the backstory about how myself, Stephen Elliott, and Claire all came to find ourselves a part of the nation's team here. So thanks again for joining us, and we hope that you enjoyed this week's conversation. Set out to say like, well, okay, what do we do first? Let's, all right, let's make a magazine. So I'm just picturing this like merry band of followers, like kind of this funny little animated short of you guys all like running around, like figuring out, you know, like how, how do we make a, how do we make a, um, a, a magazine and you guys make a great magazine. Uh, and at that point, that's probably actually when we first met. Uh, cause that was probably 2000, you said 2015, 2016. Yep. Yeah. So uh, then I have this life-changing moment where I had moved down to Los Angeles to go to seminary and to get my master's at Fuller Theological Seminary. I was in the LA area for about four years and thought I was going to go back to the Northwest. Um, and my family's there and I love it in all sorts of ways. And, you know, when you're born in Washington in the rain, you're kind of raised to look your, down your nose a little bit at California. It's like, oh yeah, sunshine makes you happy. Rain builds character. <laughs> <laughs> also seasonal affect disorder. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I end up actually working, we meet through a church. Yep. We, we both were, and still are in many ways, a part of North Coast Calvary Chapel here in Carlsbad. And I moved down to take a position as the director of production and communications, uh, thinking I would be there for just like probably a little bit before going back to the Northwest. And well, I've been in California for over 10 years now. And I met my wife here, and I now own a house in Oceanside. And I work here. So, uh, spoiler alert, uh, I didn't go back to the Northwest. But I initially initially meet you because the missions team over there, Mission and Community Impact, uh, they have this crazy idea that, like, instead of being this church that, like, sends, you know, missionaries, they like, no, 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 let's find people who are embedded in their local communities. And that could be locally here, that can be globally, but who are the very sorts of people that nations exist to cover. Like they're these reformers, they're these passionate individuals who's, who have been gripped by the gospel story, by, by Jesus, and who are doing amazing and creative things. And so Nations fell, and Joel and the team fell into that category. So you guys became partners, and I was tasked with being the ambassador. So my job was to like be friends with Joel and to like know, get like <laughs> just kind of keep an eye on like, hey, what's Nations doing? Hear about and, all our financial woes. Yeah, and then go back to the church and be like, dude, like they're all eating beans. You know, yeah, like, can we yeah. like, do an offering or something? And <laughs> um, but then we also we you got hoodwinked into being the college pastor there for a hot minute. Yeah. Like on a limited basis. Well, the church up in the Seattle area is like, yeah, you went on sabbatical and never came home. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I felt this um, holy manipulation to, to uh, at least close that chapter of my life as a college pastor. Um, but no, actually that came about from, we went from the magazine to making a documentary film, which That's is right. kind of my department. So um, so we were, we were tasked 
this whole this whole project came about be between a few people at North Coast Calvary Chapel, Mark Foreman primarily, tasking nations to go <laughs> tell this story in Iraq. And I'm like, who are we to go to the Middle East and yeah, make yeah. any sense of what was going on over there during Clearly you're an expert. Yeah, ISIS and all that stuff. And so, anyways, I said the only way we're gonna make this documentary is if we turn Mark Foreman into like an Anthony Bourdain type figure to where he the film is actually him exploring the conflict and trying to make sense of it himself. And so we did that. But while we were on all the, you know, we did four trips over there. So, um, you know, we I've logged so many hours of flight time with, with Mark. And I, what I didn't know was I was in a job interview. He's like, what do you think about this for college Classic ministry? I'm like, you don't need a college pastor. You need this and that. He's like, great. When do you start? And so <laughs> then uh, that's how, yeah, you and I met is yeah. that we, we started this college ministry together. And these you did... are the college kids you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> you will come here. So you're doing it like 10 hours a week or something. I'm working there full time, but I'm, I hadn't, I don't know if the role I was in was the thing I wanted to do. And I was like, yeah, dude, like, I mean, there's something, you have a particular choix de vivre, doesn't he? Like, uh, unpack, what is that? Yeah, choix de vivre, it's like a spirit of life. I mean, I think the French. Oh, stop it. I mean, I think it is. I didn't study French. I just know that phrase. It's a cool one to say, you know, and, the, and France is playing and hopefully losing to Morocco right now in the World Cup. Mm. Uh, but. <laughs> So you're just a char he's a charismatic figure. Yeah. Like he's he's a bit of a magnet. He's a story magnet. He's a person's magnet. And don't let any of this go to your head. You're handsome, and you're no. Uh, but so we start this college service together, and um, yeah, I think that's that's the the int my intro to nations. I'm hanging out. I'm starting to see what's up here. I'm like, man, this is amazing. They start, uh, so we make this documentary, Iraq, A Forgotten Hope, about a bunch of just different uh, beautiful and heartbreaking stories about what God was doing in that region at a particular time. And that that was its own new problem to solve, right? So from sabbatical to emerging vision to magazine to, okay, next thing, once again, little animation, you know, the creative team runs over and is like, the problem of making a feature-length documentary in a place that we know nothing about. All right, cool. We, we're equipped with cameras and curiosity. So we head over there and in good faith, try and tell like some of the honest stories that we, f we find there. Come back and then as is fitting with nations, we're sitting sitting around being like, uh, and at this point I actually think I was sitting around in some of the staff meetings yep. and I hear everybody being like, let's make a podcast. And I'm like, yes, I love podcasts. Like I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm a nerd. And uh, so you guys are describing stuff and I remember saying very explicitly, all right guys, um, I actually had just been working on pitching a podcast at the church and I was like, here's, here's my two cents. What you should absolutely not do is make a really cool, beautiful podcast, put a lot of energy into like, you know, launching it and getting people on board, like record one episode and then have it be crickets. Like you should, you should record a bunch, either record a bunch of episodes, um, over a course of time and then release them as a season, or you should set it up so that you know that you can do something on a weekly basis. And Joel's like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Over the shoulder with the advice. And uh, so then we made the nation's podcast as it has existed, which is what? Like, what is it? It's kind of been this nation's present. Well, so, so like, you're, you're always right, number one. You are right. <laughs> How do you right. feel about this? I love first being, iteration of the podcast. I love being right. And number two, just like everything else in our, in our, um, storied history. Um, it's, it's been about figuring it out and it's, mm. it, and so my heartbeat from day one is like, I don't want to do this if we can't do it to the best of our ability and to do it at a level that honors 
the people who we're talking about. So just having a magazine, like every other magazine you get from nonprofits that just goes, cool, I'll guess I'll recycle this for you. And you know, mm -hmm. it's printed on cheap paper. We weren't going to do that. We were going to use the best photographers in the world. We're going to use, try to get the best storytellers in the world to tell the stories of this, uh, uh, unbelievably the stories that aren't being told. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's been, you know, we're still tweaking, we're still figuring out mm. that. And so same with the filmmaking component to it. It's like, I know how to make action sports films, but I don't know how to make documentary. So it was a ton of research and it took, it took a lot of work to just get a presentable um, documentary from, you know, Iraq and the other short projects we've done. And, and the same with the podcast. I was like, man, there's just... It, every single person has a podcast. It's mm -hmm. like, dude, my nephew has a podcast. His, his dog has a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. So what, what, why though? So we had to figure out having, uh, creating a space where the people that we were featuring in the journal and the magazines could actually, we could actually go deeper into the stories yeah. and, and get, you know, I, cause I would go on assignment and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, have you met this guy? He's incredible. And all the stories that were told. And then, what gets printed in the, in the journal is, is a condensed, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. poetic version of that. And so I wanted sure. space to, to figure that out. And mm -hmm. so, um, it wasn't, that <laughs> I would do a podcast every week if we could, but, um, but now what's cool is that nations is ready to have that weekly podcast yeah. and we'll continue with the long form interviews and how the intertwines with our weekly podcast. We'll, we'll sort that out, but um, well, cause it's doing it right. Well, and yeah, but I love what you're talking about here. You're talking about some of the standards and we're going to have later on the conversation, as I mentioned, we're going to spend a little time unpacking some of the guiding values that establish a baseline for our, our identity as like a creative kind of movement and as a company. And I hear you articulating some of that. This is value for excellence, which isn't one of the explicit named ones that we'll go into a little bit later, but it is very much an, uh, like a core value of ours, which is, Hey, let's, let's not cheapen things. Let's mm. not cut corners. Let's the, the stories and the individuals are, uh, they're incredible. So they deserve to be honored with the best that we can offer. Uh, but a little caveat is that at this stage of nations, it was this mom and pop nonprofit. It, you know, I mean, so like everything was done on a shoestring budget. People were donating their time in all sorts of ways. And so I, I realize now when I think back to the particularly arrogant version of Joseph that was in that story, who just knew exactly what you should and shouldn't do with the podcast. Yeah, part of it came down to resourcing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, is that people like nations has existed for as long as it has, because uh, people are captured by the, the vision and by it's unfolding story, your unfolding story, you know, Brianna's, Annalise's, Greg's, like all the, the different writers, the different, like it's been this cool emergent network and people are captivated by it and have been like, Hey, yeah, I like, I'll just, we'll give you money to go do this to the glory of God and to, and to do it well, to create cultural artifacts that are, are beautiful. And, um, and are, and are worth keeping, not just mm. tossing, mm -hmm. you know, worth keeping on a shelf, uh, so worth giving away as gifts. And that's something that's really beautiful. But that kind of brings us in some ways to a next really important chapter in the nation's story, which is this handsome uh, man full of gravitas sitting across from me, uh, Stephen Elliott. And I mean, so Stephen Vincent, Stephen Stephen Vincent. Named after Vince Lombardi, Elliot. Uh, so you mentioned um, 
if you want to hear more about Steven's story and you're a subscriber or you're a member of the Nations platform, you can actually go back and see one of those um, Figuring It Out podcasts. Episode one. Oh, mm-hmm. Episode one? The very mm-hmm. first. Actually, it was filmed in that. Washington. It's the one that looks different from all the other ones. We downtown Puyallup. Downtown Puyallup, Washington. Downtown. Do the Puyallup. <laughs> um, a little cookie for anybody from the Northwest. Uh so what time, like when along, when on the timeline and how did you end up meeting Joel? And then we'll get into a little bit of like how you came to be hoodwinked into being our CEO. Yeah. So, um, from Kansas originally went to school, I'm not going to give you the whole backstory, but just the kind of the couple Highlights, of brief points, yeah. um, got my business degree at Oral Roberts university in Tulsa. And then after graduated, uh, there in 2003, I spent four years on active duty in the army, got out in 2007. And um, being stationed at Fort Lewis, JBLM, as it's now called, was what brought me to the Puget Sound in the first place. And then when I got out in 07, um, my wife, Brooke, and I uh, decided to stick around. And so we were living in Olympia, and I was working as a financial advisor, wealth manager. That was my my job. Um, and yeah, I had known this guy named Ryan Frederick um, and and uh, his wife, uh, Selena. Actually, we met them before they were even married. I think they were about 14. I don't know how old they were. They were very young. But um, I met them when I was uh, just first stationed at, um, at uh, Fort Lewis and kept connection with him over the years. And then one day, quite literally, like it was literally this random uh, out of the blue, um, Ryan called me which wasn't unusual necessarily, but I didn't, you know, I didn't see him all that often, talk to him all that often, but he called me and said, Hey, uh, there's this thing called nations and we're looking for uh, a treasurer um, for the board and, you know, wondering if you would be interested. I was like, nations, like, what is that? Um, And I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said, it's, you know, we tell stories, it's, you know, slow media. He said, I'll send you some journals and you can kind of take a look at it. And I remember getting copies, um, I think probably the first few volumes of, of the nation's journal. And I remember like, it was, it was a really strange kind of emotional experience when I got it because, uh, there was part of me that was just, um, a little bit annoyed, not that I'm, uh, I, I should know, or I am in the know and all things media or content. I'm not, but when I'm looking at this stuff, I'm just like, how have I never heard of this? Mm-hmm. And Ryan, how have you like, I've known, like, how have you never even mentioned this to me, right? Um, and, and then just being, on the one hand, really moved by it, but then not being able to, I could not at that time name why. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I couldn't sit here and say, oh, well, this is really compelling to me for, you know, these three reasons. It just sort of just hit me. I couldn't really describe it. And so, um, so anyway, joined the board. Uh, this was probably around 2017 timeframe and um, kind of just join the journey to kind of figure out, you know, what is this and, and understand, you know, what are we doing at that time? Uh, Joel was, uh, wrapping up the Iraq doc. Um, so that was kind of an interesting, um, turning point, I guess, or at least growth point for, for nations. And I remember being, um, in, in our first, the first board retreat that I participated in as a board member, um, and Joel showing us the, the initial cut of Iraq forgotten hope. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like, we all sat there, watched it, and then there was just this sort of silence. And Joel's kind of like, <laughs> like, something, please, sort of like anything. R- trying to read the room. And I think we were all, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but I know for myself, it was just like so overwhelmed with just mm-hmm. what I just saw. 
the, the beauty of it. And so, um, you know, really felt that this is, again, this is something very special and not from the sense of, um, not from a sense of, um, money or a sense of fame or any of that, but just saying like the quality of what's happening here, more people need this, like more people need to be told effectively the gospel story through the lens of other people that are responding to the gospel story. That's effectively what it is. Right. And so, um, so that was, that was how I got involved, you know, first with, uh, with nations was, uh, Ryan Frederick, it's all his fault. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I say Ryan gets a, a strike against him for having been on the board and known about nations for a long time and never told you about it. Yes. But then he totally redeems himself. Totally redeems by, himself. <laughs> by recruiting you to be the, the treasurer. So thanks, Ryan. Yes. You and Ryan s- and Selena have uh, the Fierce Marriage podcast. Yeah. And they were busy oh. launching that at the time. Yeah, it's that's right. They have wildly, a lot going on. Wildly popular. Yeah. Yeah. So th- we're in 2017, 2018, and... Um, yeah, the, I think the next one thing that we forgot to mention was, all right, so we created the magazine, we created the doc, um, the online magazine and website. That was another aspect that uh, we realized was key to becoming a platform saying like, well, hey, you got to have some place to host the film. You got to have some place to like, we're only putting out one journal a year at this point, but like, that's not really going to build that much of a, a platform or a following. And also there's, there's just more stories to be told. And if we're going to keep developing as a creative community, our craft, our storytelling, our, the network, of of writers and of of story subjects, um, then we need to be doing this in a more disciplined like way. And so there's a couple in those intervening years too. And, uh, you know, Brianna Lance and Annalise Jolly, who've kind of formally headed up editorial and wrote for us two incredible women, two of my favorite women, um, who were both just wonderfully courageous, fascinating, and interesting people in their own right, but who did so much to shape kind of the vision and the voice and the values of, of editorial. And so we're always incredibly indebted to them and secretly uh, and not so secretly, I have recently been pitching both of them like, Hey, you, will you write for nations again? Um, we'll resource now we can, you know, we resource it in a way that we weren't before. So, uh, please come back and write for us. Uh, uh unashamed pitch that I'm making right there. But so that kind of catches us up to close to what we'd looked like before. But then I start learning slowly through you that there's a conversation that's brewing at the board level uh, that like, Hey, nations feels like it's at a little bit of maybe a turning point. As I'd mentioned at this point, we're just this mom and pop nonprofit. Um, we'd never spent any money on marketing. <laughs> like, so we hadn't, you know, we just like where everybody else, like Instagram account, Facebook, you know, uh, like email newsletter or whatnot, but really hadn't been doing much to try and broadcast, just been trying to focus on the craft. Um, but similarly, hadn't really been focusing a ton on trying to grow the organization and, and its resources to try and resource the creative community. And so some of that, once again, the problem of, hey, there's too many good stories to tell, but that takes time, that takes money, that takes sending people places, mm-hmm. you know, that takes, if we want to honor the story subjects well, well, we also want to honor the artists who are doing it. And like you mentioned, you know, I mean, I love Russell's response to it because that's been the response that so many of us have had when we've mm-hmm. encountered nations and kind of what God is doing in and through it in its various artistic mediums is, hey, I love this. I, I want to support, I'll share it, share it with people, but also... 
yeah, cool. Like, I just, I want to contribute all for my time or my talents. You know, I'll write for you guys at a, at a rate that, I mean, I've had writers write for me in the years that I've been here who get paid way more at other places. And they're like, oh, hey, no, like, it's fine. I, I want to, you know, consider like this my contribution. Yeah. Um, and while we appreciated that, that always also didn't kind of sit well because we're like, hey, if we're about honoring the story, if we're about creating beautiful art, like, that's an element of it too, is is honoring the artists and their craft and creating not just, hey, not just a good paycheck, but also like just an environment where they understand that that craft is valued mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deeply. Uh, and I think that you are some of the catalyst uh, for this conversation at the board level of asking the question of, hey, well, is the future of nations best served by it being like a nonprofit or does it need to grow and change? Yeah, it was um, it was one of those things where I don't think like, you know, being a nonprofit or for profit, that's not a mission statement. That's a tax that a tax designation within the IRS code, right? Mm. That's what it is, right? That's all we're talking about. So every organization, every family unit, you could look at as a business. It has right. There's resources that are required, and some of those resources uh, include financial resources. And so we should always be asking the question: Are we stewarding? that which we have um, the best that we can. And is there, um, is the structure within which that stewardship happens, is that optimal, right? And sometimes structures that serve you in the past don't necessarily serve you forever. And you have to rethink that. And so for me, what um, I think the, you know, I think there was a tremendous amount of, you know, grace in nations for so many years, being able to iterate to some degree pretty silently, like without a lot of uh, fanfare. I think that, um, I mean, Joel, you could speak to that more than I could, but I think there's a, um, a lot of benefit to that in terms of not having that external pressure um, that can come with more notoriety or more resources when you don't quite know maybe who you are yet. And so for me, the, the question was, well, if we have this, we have this products that we're producing, we have art that we're curating, and in order to curate that art, Joel in particular has to go and spend valuable time and basically ask for money to be able to curate that art, um, which is great. But it's just like, well, what if we just sort of called it what it is and said, this is a subscription. Mm. It mm. takes financial resources to produce that, that content. And if you would like the content, then you pay for the content. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what if then there's another nonprofit component that can then do something completely different that isn't just soliciting donations to produce media? What if that nonprofit then can be in a position to receive donations and actually uh, invest financial resources, donate financial resources into the lives and ministries of reformers Mm -hmm. um, whose stories we tell? Um, Because that's one of the things that happens as we're telling stories is we learn a lot. Mm -hmm. We learn a lot about these places and ecosystems. And so it seemed like, well, what if we just properly, instead of having to to stop and refuel, um, you know, all the time to keep this this ship or this plane, you know, going. Uh, what if we just resourced it, you know, as well as we can to start um, and really give ourselves the best chance of success to honor the stories and honor mm-hmm. the content. And so that was sort of a journey within the board. Um, my family in late twenty, uh, late twenty nineteen, uh, my wife and I really felt that our time and the Puget Sound was drawing to a close. Mm-hmm. We didn't really know why. Um, yes, we were very tired of the rain. Um, that was certainly part of it, there's no question. Um, and we uh, we came down to visit it, January of 2020. Um, didn't really know the Parkers well. 
um, hung out with them a little bit and a couple other folks, but they were basically, you and Rachel were really the only people we knew in San Diego County. And yeah, we left that trip. We're like, yeah, we're moving down here. And then, uh, this thing called COVID happened, um, in March of 2020. And we just felt like, you know what, until a, a door slams in our face, um, that says you can't, you know, you can't do this, then we're going to just kind of keep marching towards that. Um, I was, uh, running a company that I had founded, uh, I was about four or five years into it. Um, so that was its own kind of thing of like, um, I could not have imagined not doing that at that time because it was, it was just really starting to grow and take off. And that would, it, there was no off ramp from that, from that, uh, work for me. But as soon as we got down here, um, some of the first, I think, cause you guys were about the only people we knew. Um, and we invited you guys over for, uh, for dinner and, uh, we were, you and I were chatting and, and you shared with me, you're just like, I feel like I really, like, I really need a CEO. Um, and I'm not even entirely sure what you meant by that. I think kind of what you meant was I need, I need help on the business side, right? It wasn't like, Hey, here's, here's my strategic plan for what nations look like. You were just sort of saying, I need, I need help. Like I can't, that's what I, that's kind of how I took it. When you said that, my immediate like visceral reaction was, I want that job. Mm. And I didn't even know what the job was. Um, and it would <laughs> make no that. sense for me to want that job because I have never run a media company or, you know, done any of that. But part of the background for me that was happening, um, partly through, you know, my journey and my family's journey, um, as well was really coming alive to the power of story, mm -hmm. um, is really seeing, you know, in my own life, a story that, um, I never thought I would tell, um, that I actively sought to keep in the dark, um, began to be used in a way that, mm -hmm. um, connected people. Um, it, it, it did things that were, you know, indescribable to me. It was incredible to me. Yeah. And so for me, here's, here I am, you know, running a financial services company, doing good work, which was fine, but it was work that was not satisfying. Um, it was like, gosh, if I could take whatever business acumen that I have and apply that to help artists tell stories that I feel like you know, inspire me and need to be told, then I would love to spend my time that way. Mm -hmm. And so, so we kind of spent, um, you know, Joel and I spent a good chunk of COVID after we moved down here, just kind of thinking and dreaming and what ifing, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, fast forward to 2022 and the company that I was running, uh, was sold and we've brought investors on board, um, who've graciously partnered with us, um, because they believe in, in the mission that is nations and they believe in, in what we're doing. Um, and so now we have this thing that is nations media, that's a for-profit subscription-based media platform. And then we have this nonprofit called Sardis International, um, that is now in a position to be able to receive donations and, and sow financial resources back mm -hmm. into the lives and ministries of those reformers. So that's kind of where we're at. And for me, you know, um, I think the last thing I would say, like, because uh, I was thinking a lot about this before, you know, this conversation was just like, you know, why am I here? Mm. Um, and you could say, well, because, you know, somebody has to deal with lawyers and CPAs and, you know, investors <laughs> and all that. And we're so grateful that people like you exist. Yeah. Well, I'm, but the, it's, <laughs> it goes both ways because it's, it's a joy to be able to have something that is as compelling to me to be able to apply that 
um, uh, apply myself towards. But for me, like when I think about it and what I think nations, um, can be, which I think that will be for as long as nations is a thing, I think we will always be asking that question. It's a, it's a, it's a question that never fully has an answer. And if we feel like we fully answered it, then that's probably the time that we should pack up and go do something else. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was thinking a lot about this. It was just like, what, what is it that draws me to this brand, these stories, this, this project? And I think for me, it's basically two words. It's politics and religion. And what I mean by that is... Dangerous words, man. Yes. So nations, if you hear nothing else, nations is all about politics and religion. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. So, I I mean, we've all had uh, our our own ups and downs in life and our own faith journeys, and and, uh, I certainly have as well. And uh, continue on that, you know. Um, I haven't fully uh, worked out all the aspects of, of my faith and my belief and my theology and all those things. But, um, or, and I think, um, I find myself at a place increasingly of, um, hopelessness as I look at the systems of the world that man has built that are easy to, to find hope and identity in. Mm. Um, and it's not that those systems are even, some of them are evil, some of them aren't, but none of them are worthy of my ultimate and total allegiance. Um, whether that is a business entity, um, you know, besides my family, which is that that's a a wonderful life giving, you know, part of, of my life that I don't deserve. But, uh, we live in a world right now where a lot of things are crumbling Mm-hmm. And a lot of things are at the very least being stressed, if not kind of falling apart before our eyes. And so for me, the, the question that, that I'm asking from a political standpoint is really the question of what does it mean to be first and foremost a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Mm-hmm. Um, if that is a political reality, if Jesus actually was who he said he was, and if he actually came, and if he actually, if, if that's true then that's pretty radical. Um, and that's beyond just, um, what I do for a few hours on a Sunday, or it's beyond what kind of music I listen to or books that I read. And, and I, I know that myself, uh, again, there's things that I would say that I believe, but then how I act, um, reveals that there's a gap. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, part of, part of nations is really being around people that are exploring that question in some form or fashion, but specifically people who are actually taking risk mm-hmm. um, and who, who seem to be living in such a way that that kingdom reality supersedes war, it supersedes other political systems, it supersedes other schisms and other divides within mm-hmm. Jesus' church. Mm-hmm. And I wanna be around those people mm-hmm. um, because I want more of that. Yeah. Uh, I want to, to figure out uh, how to live into that more fully. Um, so for me, it's about, in, in some respects, it's about politics. And then from another respect, it's about religion, meaning what am I worshiping? Yeah. What, what are the things that with my time and with my energy, I'm giving myself to that maybe I shouldn't be? Um, and, and again, being around people and being around stories of people who are 
are being the hands and feet of Jesus, who are oriented around service. They're oriented around self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're oriented around um, meeting the needs of others before they are concerned about meeting the needs of, of themselves. So that's why I'm here, um, is, yeah. is really to ask those questions and be around people who, um, not that they have the answers, but um, I think they have a lot of insight and a lot of wisdom um, that, that I need and I think probably others need as well. Geez, well, so we talked about politics and we talked about religion now. So do you just want to round it out and talk about um, about sex and, and the economy or money as well? You just get all the big ones out of the way. No, Might what well. I hear you, I think what I hear you saying in some ways is that one is an organization. We're just trying to grow and adapt to, and, and to figure out structurally, like how, how do we best serve the mission that we feel mm-hmm. like we've been entrusted with, which is, as you mentioned, to, to curate, to discover voices worthy, worthy to be heard, mm-hmm. um, to, to unearth and to shine a spotlight on the people and on the communities that are living out like an ethic, a transcendent kind of wildly creative, subversive, reformer, revolutionary, like ethic that is challenging in many ways, a lot of these established norms or structures that aren't completely captured or captivated by a particular political ideology Mm -hmm. or a particular view on, you know, how you should structure the economy or on morality or on spirituality. But there's this, uh, there's, there's a few core things that unite and ignite those people to, to be building communities and movements and art and, and, and film and all sorts of stuff that isn't about, um, like putting up walls between us and other people. Isn't about division. It isn't about fear mongering. Mm. It isn't, uh, it isn't about just making a quick buck. Mm. Uh, it isn't about just self-indulgent hedonism. It's a different type of story. It's a totally, it's a fundamentally in a lot of ways, different posture towards participating in reality. And one, it is participatory. It's not just consumptive. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is other centric. It Mm -hmm. isn't, self-centered, no. you know, uh, it is postured towards being creative rather than destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, it recognizes that there's valuable things in the past that we need to honor, that we need to carry into the future that are worth preserving, that are worth like reflecting on and studying that need to be part of our shared story going forward. And mm-hmm. there are, there are undiscovered things in the future that we need to grab and to bring into the present now. Um, it is, I mean, that's the, if I'm doing a decent job, that's like, that's the sort of people, that's the movement that we are feeling ourselves pulled into and that we want to try and invite everybody, our listeners, our viewers, our readers, like invite people into, hey, there's something that's going on here and it will probably never be mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. It will never, it will never be crushing the box office. It will never be like the coolest thing to be a part of in part because it doesn't shy away from brokenness. It doesn't shy away from suffering. Mm-hmm. It seeks to integrate those and to honor those in, in particular ways and creative ways. Um, but like you said, ultimately it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's not about building up the petty kingdoms that we all have mm-hmm. and the vision of the good life that is, you know, that's been sold to us by the various political ideologies and experience throughout history, mm-hmm. by the various economic structures, by the, the various uh, religious institutions and saying, n- not that any of, and all of those things are like bad, 
in and of themselves. Um, but many of them, as you mentioned, they've been corrupted or they're eroding. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, you talk to anybody and you look at the state of media right now, you look at the state of the world and it's, uh, it's easy to be nihilistic. It's easy to be cynical mm -hmm. and apathetic. It's easy to believe that like, well, Hey, we just need to circle the wagons mm -hmm. and ride out the storm and take care of me and mine. And, mm -hmm. you know, not risk. Mm -hmm. Not risk being hopeful. That's just naive. Not mm -hmm. risk, you know, uh, being willing to sacrifice for a stranger. Mm -hmm. Like that's just foolhardy, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but to risk stepping into something that you can't fully trust because it's emerging. We don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, mm. That's exciting, and it's and it's a terrifying prospect. But I I, I agree that I mean you articulated well. Those you're interested and you gravitate towards people who are doing that. I do as well. Mm -hmm. They're the people that make me go, hey, I am hopeful and I'm interested to see like what the future holds, not because there won't be great hardship, not because there won't be great challenge and the complexities of our globalized world mm -hmm. are like, they're so far beyond me. Yeah. But time and time again, that's what I love about the gospel story is that you see, when you see it take root, mm -hmm in people and in communities. Ultimately, what ends up happening is something new, something new that, that breeds new life, that, uh, that transcends the expected and uh, yeah, invites us to join in that. And we're here to give witness to it. And I think that is moving us towards a conversation about, we already have started talking about values. Uh, so uh, thanks for, thanks for, I'll pay you later for teeing us, <laughs> teeing us up. Um, but before we do that, our, our silent conversation partner thus far, Claire, <laughs> quiet, Claire, <laughs> not, not quite because you don't have much to offer, but because in many she's ways, literally been on the job for two weeks and now she's at the, at the podcast. Week yeah, this is week three. Week three. Uh, week three. Wow. So. Yeah. So, oh. so Claire, speak to us about <laughs> our values <laughs> as you understand them. Oh gosh. Um, well, more so, I'm just curious yeah. about how you, you know, and I know everybody else is. We, we're joking, but we're not joking because you actually literally have been here for only three weeks. Mm -hmm. And once again, it's nations is a story of following the breadcrumbs and solving the next problem. And your position is part of that process because we go, okay, cool. I signed on to. Somehow, like oversee editorial, Joel's making films, Steven's handling business, and we're like, well, how how are people going to find out about us? Uh, you know, especially people that don't already know about us. Mm -hmm. And uh, enter Claire because we we partnered with Soulheart, a wonderful organization who's kind of marketing experts in different ways. And they're like, yeah, you got you need to have somebody who's going to work with us, mm -hmm. who's going to help, um, and it's going to help take a lot of the stories that you guys have captured and the ones that you will be and just the life of the organization and in some ways bring that expression online, um, mm -hmm. you know, beyond just publishing our stories to the website, but, you know, through different social media platforms and through, I don't know, create other creative digital avenues TBD. like TBD. Okay. <laughs> so like, you know, it doesn't have to be your full life story or anything. Um, but a little bit of like, okay, you're new to the nation's journey. Like, why did you say yes to the job? You know, like, well, how'd you I get here? followed some breadcrumbs. Mm. I have a background working with nonprofits. I founded, was part of founding a nonprofit in Germany um, for the last number of years. My entire 20s, most of my adult life was lived overseas. Mm. 
Um, end of 2019, ended up back in Los Angeles where I was raised doing a visa reset. I had to be out of Europe for 90 days. Mm. Right at the end of those 90 days was the pandemic. Um, so it perfectly coincided like the few weeks I was supposed to go be going back. No way. The world <laughs> shut down and Germany also, um, yeah, stopped like processing visa paperwork. So there was... But of course... No chance. Yeah. Um, so I fought and I wrestled for a number of years about, okay, do I need to find a different way back to Germany? Am I going to just wait this out? This can't last forever. Mm -hmm. I was even like a group of people doing advocacy to parliaments of various governments to open the borders so that people who had been oh, wow. living there could I didn't know that go part. back and be a part. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Spent the summer of 2020, like, writing different offices in German parliament. Because <laughs> <Wow. laughs> I, was, I was kind of desperate. Um, yeah, but slowly but surely throughout, you know, 2021 and this past year of 2022, really leaning into, okay, my life is definitely taking a pivot. And mm -hmm. I made the decision to um, relocate completely back to California. Um, and yeah, so I've just been really asking God, okay, like what, what is, what is happening? Mm. Applied to grad school, got in, um, up in Seattle. And then shortly in that same time span, I got a call from Joseph about <laughs> a potential job at Nations. And we talked about it and we were like, okay, is this even, does this fit? Is this something that you even want yeah, to I think do? I, I think on the phone, I was like, I was like, okay, I, I'm been tasked with trying to find this person and, um, I don't know, like you're, you're smart and interesting and there's no way that you would be interested in or, or have any background or related experience to this. And it was pretty hilarious. You listened quietly and then you're like, yeah, well actually you'd be wrong. And I was like, what? <laughs> the plot thickens. The plot thickens. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was, um, actually quite a lot of overlap between my experience with working in creative communities with artists mm -hmm. being a creative myself different international initiatives that i had been partnering with working in different parts of asia and east africa different parts of europe mm -hmm. um and i think it was just even confirmed during my interview there was so so much overlap there was such a deep commonality that i hadn't but parts of me that had been dormant the past few years mm. i really felt come to life when I like came to even just interview mm. and it was really cool I was like okay this is tapping into something that um is awesome and that I can kind of dig into and live in um and so yeah I'm I'm up for this like really exciting challenge it's it's interesting <laughs> because I'm not like a social media junkie I'm not uh -huh. An influencer by any means <laughs> especially online you've influenced us Claire mm. thank you mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just trying to build out this um, department and get jobs, get the job done. Yeah. And it's been really fun so far. What was the, uh, you, you mentioned that you founded, co-founded a nonprofit during your years in Germany. What was it centered around? What sort of work did you guys do? So we worked with marginalized communities that were often at risk for exploitation mm. um, and also centered around red light districts. Jeez. So people working in uh, who were in and or affected by prostitution and sex work. Mm. Hmm. 
super light work. Definitely. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that you've got stories that I hope some of them will, if appropriate, will make their way onto the pages of Nations. But yeah, we all kind of unanimously, when we sat down with you, we're just like, yeah, you're, you're, you're it. You're, you're part of the tribe. You know, you can figure out mm-hmm. the job. Um, I once don't even again, think she made it to her car. <laughs> when we called her, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I actually, was leaving the steady state parking lot. Yeah, shout out uh, to steady state. You walked out and uh, came, you know, came and uh, obviously I'd known you. We were friends from before, and so mm-hmm. a little bit of worried of the like, well, I'm too close to see this. You know, what do, what do you guys think? And I think Stephen, you were like. Uh, yeah, she's brilliant. We have to hire her. And Joel's like, God, yes. Um, well, so that kind of brings you. us to, that brings us to here. Uh, I mentioned we're building in the office. We're trying to build a company. We, we do have some, some new needs. Um, I know your, your team has some needs with regard Ooh. to what, what is the working name inside for a froth puppy? We need a froth puppy. <laughs> <laughs> we're searching in search oh. of a nation's froth puppy. Yes. Uh, and what that actually means is, uh, like a content creator for, so for, uh, for the different social media. Someone platforms. who's highly excitable and passionate. Wait, we have it up on the board. Yeah. Their ambassador, so uh, TikTok content curation, Insta Reels, young, fun, personality, excited, well spoken, fun with again, but with three, three. exclamation three. points. So if that's you, um, you can email Stephen at nations.co. I think Claire at yeah. Claire at nations.co. Yeah. Stephen will forward that email. <laughs> Stephen will forward that because you know what? Sometimes that's what business is, yeah. isn't it? Forwarding emails. Because <laughs> that's one of the hard things is like social media is so important. It's also, it, it's so funny. Like who here likes social media? Like no one. We're like, ah, it, it sucks all of our time. We hate it. Really but we're all space. on it. And that's where we get all of our information. So although we'd like to think that we'd all get our information from beautiful curated journals and magazines, the reality is, is so many people, all of us, we get information. So how do you live in that tension of, of, of getting this froth puppy who's going to be highly excitable and, and on all the TikTok trends, but also telling the stories that, you know, also deserve to be in the journal and that mm-hmm. what's going through your mind in this impossible task, Claire? I feel like it's impossible, but also not because we all know those types of people who love nations, who can really get behind us and do a really good job of getting other people excited and bringing Mm -hmm. other people into the community. I think for me, that's a huge part of why I'm a consumer on social media with some things um, is being part of a community is staying informed is getting content that because when you consume content, you're investing your time. Like, that's just it. You're mm-hmm. investing into the people that you're viewing, whether you want to or not. And so I think that that's how I try to view social media is, okay, if I'm going to follow someone, who am I investing my time into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what am I informing myself with? Um, mm-hmm. What kind of material and content? And so I think, yeah, we just have to find that special person who's capable of that. And also it's an important piece for us too, because we need to stay authentic to who we are. Mm-hmm. Nations isn't like throwing up trends on TikTok. Not typically. Although Joseph, we, just, we did some Joseph dance. dance. Actually, that could be. Thinking of it. That's some. Joseph. Great content. Let's talk after. <laughs> frothing to, to be on so TikTok. Straight reels. to the communist party in China. Um, yeah, I think it's part of holding that tension of staying authentic to who we are as a brand and not selling our souls to yeah. 
what yeah. everyone is doing, well, but also getting under and maintaining under the good graces, staying under the good graces of um, the algorithm to help uh, build our business algorithm. and reach more people. So it's kind of a double-edged sword that we have to kind of tap into and figure out as much as we're comfortable yeah. with engaging with it. Yeah. Well, it requires discernment. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, this uneasy alliance with, hey, there are these technologies, there are these systems. Back to our conversation mm-hmm. you know, about mm-hmm. you know, political systems or religious ones or economic ones. Hey, like, hey, you know, um, we don't have ultimate power to, to construct the world. And if we, if we were given it, we surely would mess it up in some different ways. So we're all part of this kind of grand experiment. There's no unplugging the internet. There's no, you know, right. reversing globalism in lots of different ways. So the the path forward for, you know, uh, for Christians, you know, for, for me as a, as a Christian, for like the the movement of Jesus followers around the world is really this one of, of discernment. Yeah. Saying, hey, in any given context and situation, whatever country you're part of, whatever culture you're part of, you know, whatever technologies you, you engage with, okay, uh, we want to like, do it thoughtfully, mm-hmm. do it guided by a couple of different values. And values, I think, actually is a little bit of what I'm, I'm hearing you say, Claire, saying, hey, there's a unique, there is a way for us to be nations. Um, and we like, just like we had to be, we had to become a platform, just like we had to become a website, we had to become a magazine, we had to become a filmmaking company, we had to become a podcast. It's like, well, we have to be, become a part of the social media ecosystem, mm-hmm. but there's ways to do that that are like that don't compromise our values. Um, what I'm just curious, what was your? Do you recall your first impression of nations, and uh, if so, or or if not even, what what were the things that drew you to nations content? My first. Um interaction with nations was actually when I was living in Germany, like mm. in the mid t- 2000 teens, maybe 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, being is that the content appealed to a lot of the people in my immediate sphere. Mm. I had seen it pop up here and there, but I don't remember like fully engaging with it. But I think it's that like common thread that kind of helped lead me here. Because mm-hmm. um, it's the same, it's very similar yeah. Um, yeah. But when I was really doing a deep dive into the content mm-hmm. to prep for my interview in all transparency. <laughs> yeah. Um, we welcome transparency. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it, I just found it very compelling and very hopeful and life-giving. And I valued um, how different it was mm. from a lot of the different types of content that it could be pinned against, but it wasn't. And I really liked the individuality mm. um, that I found through Nations. It's mm. awesome. Can we put that testimony on the website? Sure. I'll add it to the bank I'm making. Yeah. <laughs> I'll type it up. <laughs> uh, just, u- just use uh, um, Lynn Marie. Perfect. No one will know it's you. No. <laughs>